Welcome to Healthy by Choice, a broadcast designed to bring powerful healing into your life today. Gaining and maintaining optimum health is possible at any age. That's what thousands are learning at CHIP, the complete health improvement program offered across the country and around the world. You can learn more at chiphealth.com. But now, get ready to enjoy some proven results and priceless benefits. I'm your Healthy by Choice host, Charles Mills. Today we continue our discussion with Dr. Hans Deal, founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program, concerning food, that necessary ingredient for life. Something is happening in modern society that's both good news and bad news when it comes to what we're dumping down our throats. Dr. Deal, what's the news we need to know today? The news today is that we are largely what we eat. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are many, many factors that are coming together, obviously. But I think that my bias is very strongly in favor of that it's the food. You know, John McDougall, this physician that has written so many books, he has it as his byline. Mm -hmm. He said, it's the food. It's the food, absolutely. It's the food. (laughs) I am also committed to the idea that having seen the dramatic and traumatic changes in the food supply over the last 100 years, and especially the last 30 years, we need to also correlate these changes in our diet with the change that we have seen in our Western modern diseases. You know, we didn't have heart disease 100 years ago. It was hardly to be found as a artery narrowing process there. Today, you know, it's, it's everywhere. Uh, we didn't have that much cancer. We didn't have the obesity issue that we have today. And, you know, it's getting larger every every year. It's heavier. I mean, we're dropping into the ocean one of these days That's here. Right. I mean, we, we are really, really concerned. And so because of this, I think we need to take a closer look at what some of the new trendsetters are suggesting, mm-hmm. the McDougalls, mm-hmm. the CEOs, uh, sports people, climate specialists, ecologists, they're all talking about there's nothing more important than to reduce the burden on the planet. And they talk about the idea of eating more food as grown, mm-hmm. food as it comes to us in nature, less refined foods, less of the processed foods, and instead uh, perhaps eating more of the whole grains and the fruits and vegetables and legumes, and perhaps also cutting back on animal products. And of course, the new trend that is really pushing out there is moving towards a planned food-centered diet, eating less animal products, less cheese, yeah, there are some that have more than ever, but the trendsetters, the, the, the caring people, the, the people in the know, the people uh, that are concerned about where we're heading to, they're moving towards less animal products, uh, more foods as grown. And I want to talk to you about that a little bit, you know, because there are different kinds of plant-based diets, aren't there? Yeah, you know, when I hear you talk about this, immediately I think of the vegans, the vegans, the army of vegans that are spreading across Facebook, that are spreading across the world. Are these people called vegans, they proudly call themselves vegan, and they don't mind telling you that, are these people on the right track? Is there good news and bad news when it comes to being a vegan? 
You know, it's, it's really funny. Uh, you know, some 20 years ago when I went to one of these uh, conferences, they talked about vegans, and someone asked, now, who are, what, what are the vegans? Are these people from Las Vegas? I said, no, 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 no. Are these people from another star, the Vegas star? Sometimes no, no, no. I think they may be, actually. I, yeah, they're onto something there, yeah, that's I guess. Right. You know, well, actually, you know, when you talk about vegans, when you talk about vegetarians, uh, you talk about a group of people that have internal shades of difference. Mm. You know, so when you really talk about how you define the vegetarians, well, these are not just vegetable eaters. You know, these are people that have chosen to leave out anything that has a liver. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Isn't that right? That's <laughs> yes, true. Anything that crawls, anything that swims, anything that paddles, anything that moves, uh, they say, no, we don't like to kill animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to live a diet without cholesterol because only cholesterol is found in those foods that are actually moving or used to move, right? right? right, So how do we define vegetarians? Well, you know, broadly defined, uh, I I think we can say that all vegetarians exclude meat, fish, and fowl Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in their diets, right? But then beyond that, we have at least uh, two or three more major groups. You have first the lacto-over-vegetarians. Right, right. And sometimes you have lacto-vegetarians, sometimes you have over-vegetarians, which actually means when you have lacto, you introduce and you include dairy products. Dairy products. When you have an ovo-component, you know, it's over the egg, then you uh, use eggs as well mm-hmm. with your non-animal products. So these are then the lacto over vegetarians, and uh, they are representing the largest group of vegetarians out there today. Now, I cannot figure out something here, Dr. Deal. A lacto-over vegetarian says, I don't eat meat, but excuse me, isn't milk and egg and cheese, isn't that an animal product? Isn't that a meat product? Correct me if I'm wrong here. Well, it's an animal product, but it may not be a meat. But it's animal protein. I mean, you know, it's not muscle, but it, but it's yeah. animal protein. Yeah. It's animal protein is the problem, not necessarily muscle. It's anything about the animal that's the problem. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. right. So, but, you know, we have sort of defined the vegetarians as yeah. lacto-vegetarians and then vegans. Vegans are the pure vegetarians, right? Mm-hmm. Now, they have suggested that there are about a 30 million Americans that are plant-based inclined. They're vegetarian, Mm -hmm. lifestyle-inclined people. That means they're not uh, leaving out every morsel of meat. Mm -hmm. They may have an occasional fish or they may have an occasional steak, Mm -hmm. but they're very, very spartan in the use of those. So when you look at the pure vegetarians or, you know, the people that are really uh, consistently not using animal products or, let me say, fish Mm -hmm. and so on, then you're looking at about 7.3 million people. Mm-hmm. 7.3 million. And of these people, about 6.3 million are lacto-vegetarians, the people that we have just talked about, right? Right, right. Yeah. They may not eat any meat. They may not eat any fish. They may not eat any mussels or any shrimp. But they do drink milk, they eat dairy products, and they have their eggs. Mm-hmm. So these are the electoral vegetarians. That's the largest group uh, of the vegetarians here in America. Then you have another one million people that are vegans. And vegans are vegetarians for many, many reasons. Some of them are vegans because they don't want to see anything 
to be used from an animal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some vegans are so strict. I mean, I one time walked into a scientific hall where there was a major congress on vegetarianism. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it at the time. They had a subgroup there, a subdivision that was focusing on veganism. And I made a presentation, you know, I looked at the scientific data and I made a presentation of uh, the uh, advantages of vegan lifestyle. And then they pointed out that I was still wearing a watch with a leather band on it. And they Mm. pointed out that I was wearing a belt made from leather and I was wearing uh, shoes made from leather. And all of a sudden I realized, my goodness, I didn't realize that. You know, these are people that are philosophically oriented vegans, right? They just don't want anything to be taken from an animal. These are the really, really pure, philosophically oriented vegans. Now, uh, most of the vegans that I know of are perhaps not in that category. They wear their uh, wrist uh, bands and and, and their shoes and so on. They don't really worry too much about this, but they really don't want to take uh, animal products into their bodies. Okay. okay. So, so you have different kinds of shades there, even among the vegans. Although, like, uh, probably 90, 95% of the vegans are, are the kind that I described to you. They may wear shoes made from leather, but they don't want to put animal products into the system. And then, of course, you have the lacto-vegetarians. They are more uh, liberal when it comes to the use of dairy and, and eggs. Now, I have no problem with a vegan wanting to protect animals and wanting to not wear leather or, or wool or silk. They, they don't like any of these things being used. The problem I have with vegans, and uh, this is not all vegans, but there's many vegans, the vegan can be upset with you for wearing a leather belt, and then they'll go down the hall and they'll sit down and they'll have some potato chips and a Coke for dinner, <laughs> and that's their lunch, and they're vegan, they're not eating meat. So it doesn't seem that health is the driving force in the minds of many vegans. Am I on the right track here? That's true, you know, and it's, it's a very good point that you make. <laughs> you know, you say, Pass the cake and yeah, right. uh, pass the coke, and uh, I'm a vegan. I don't eat my friends. That's right, exactly. <laughs> well, you're not being very friendly to your body when you yeah. do these things. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we're all beggars in search of bread, and yes, we're all we looking are. for yes, truth. We we're all looking for the best answer. And, you know, uh, most of the vegans, and that's a growing uh, segment now, many of the vegans, they've come out of lacto-over-vegetarianism. Yes, 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 that's true. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So, and many of the lacto-vegetarians, of course, they have cut back on meats initially, and then all of a sudden they got this idea, they read maybe the China study, mm-hmm. or they read some of the work of Dr. Ornish, or the work of, from Harvard there that is really giving a bad, not a very, very good name when it comes to health and, and, and all kinds of issues. So we are all looking for the right answer for our own circumstances. You know, not everybody, you know, an Eskimo cannot become a vegan all of a sudden. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just about next to impossible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have to be much more tolerant. We have to be more caring. We have to open up a wide net. And hopefully the people in the big net begin to see, hey, there are special areas where I can make some progress and the benefits will be mine. The benefits will belong to the planet. The benefits will belong to the ethical treatment of animals, right? And so you have a growing philosophical understanding and you become more and more united with the world at large, right? With the purity of the goodness of the world. It sounds like you're suggesting, Dr. Deal, another category 
a vegetarian, and that would be someone. And and let me let, let's let's see if we can come up with a good name here. Should we say whole food? Plant-based, would that be, or plant-centered, would that be a good category to increase the amount of uh, vegetarians there are in the world? Well, I like the idea to spread uh, the net a little wider, and by using words like uh, moving towards a plant food strong diet. Yes, yes. That's very uh, comfortable, I think, for most people. Uh, That encourages them, hey, I don't have to be all the way there all at once, but maybe I can take this step by step by step by step. So moving towards a semi-vegetarian diet, moving towards a diet where you are a vegetarian, but you may have maybe some uh, fish once in a while, you know, that is all moving in the right direction. This is what we call vegetarian-inclined mm-hmm. diets. And these people are on the right track, and they're getting the benefits from it. But of course, it depends on how much benefit you want to get. That's it. That's it. it there is a scale there. There seems to be a scale. Mm-hmm. The closer we come to that optimum diet, which is a whole food plant exclusive diet, that's the optimum diet, the closer we come to that, the better we begin to feel. And that's the really good news for this journey, because as you step on it the first time, when you drop away some of the meat, when you drop away some of the dairy and some of the cheese, you start to feel better. Say, hey, this is working pretty good. I'm going to go a little bit further. I'm going to drop off dairy. I'm going to drop off all food that have faces. And you feel better and better, better. And that journey just continues. That's the good news about the journey we have in vegetarianism, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's a progression, isn't yes, it? Yes. And so we need to bring as many people in on it instead of pushing them away and saying, you've got to become, yes. don't kill your friends. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's creates pushback. And what we want to do, we want them to know that this is a very attractive orientation towards a fuller life, uh, a more caring life, uh, a more ethical life, and a more economically wise life, Mm, isn't it? Absolutely. We're going to talk more with Dr. Hans Diel, founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program. After our break, we're talking about uh, eating and vegetarianism and the many many categories there are. And of course, we want you to be as healthy as possible. That's why the Complete Health Improvement Program exists. And what you're hearing here is the type of discussion you'll hear at the health improvement programs. And you'll discover that you are welcome there, that no matter what your history is, no matter what your choices are, all we're doing, all we're doing is saying, hey, please consider these other options. There are places you can go. There are things you can do. There's food you can eat that can take you even further into this journey toward health and a caring for the environment and for animals. That's all we're after here. We'll take a short break. And when we come back, more with Dr. Hans Deal. So stay right where you are. I'd like to take a moment to invite you to the CHIP website, chiphealth.com. It's a confusing world out there. Lots of information comes at you from so many different directions. How can you tell fact from fiction when it comes to health? Well, at CHIP, we don't deal with wishful thinking. We're not pushing pills or potions. We advocate gaining and maintaining optimum health through lifestyle changes. Changes in what you eat, how you exercise, even how you think and reason. Does it work? Over 50,000 graduates say yes. They've seen their blood pressure normalize, cholesterol numbers drop, diabetes ease, and in some cases vanish altogether, and excess pounds melt away. CHIP is a program that works because it's based on the science of health, science that's proven and amazingly effective. Stop by chiphealth.com to learn more. Changes come when you make health a habit. That's chiphealth.com. 
Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Charles Mills. Our guest today is Dr. Hans Deal, founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program. We have the man here with us today, and I always enjoy talking with him. We're talking about foods today and vegetarianism in particular and the many categories there are. Now, Dr. Deal, we know science is falling all over themselves, proving beyond the shadow of a doubt that a plant foods as grown diet, whole foods as grown, is the most health-promoting diet out there. What are some of the health advantages? What will people learn when they come to a CHIP program? What will they learn about these foods that are good, that are good for their health? Well, they're going to learn two major concepts. Number one is they know that they can avoid, they can prevent heart disease and strokes. Mm. Number one killer, heart disease. That's right. That's right. They can lower their cholesterol. They can lower their blood pressure. They can do something about uh, preventing diabetes. They will have fewer hemorrhoids. They will have less diverticular disease. They will have uh, more regularity. They don't need to be on these. You're describing uh, (laughs) most of the people in this country. Oh, my goodness. And they would have less to worry about prostate cancer and colon cancer. They will have less to worry about osteoporosis and, you know, the whole thing of kidney disease and mm-hmm. gallbladder disease and, and arthritis. And, you know, people, obviously, these people live longer. The stats are in, you know, if you take some conservative studies, uh, they talk about uh, five, six, seven years. There are others that go up to 10, 15 years, depending on what you do to surround your healthy diet mm, with some other good yes, things, yes. right? Exercise. Yeah, that's correct. So that's one major area. You can avoid, you can prevent these diseases and their populations in this country that live differently, that eat differently, and they have less of these diseases, dramatically less mm-hmm. disease, mm-hmm. okay? Now, you can have a second major category that you should take a look at, and that is if you follow this kind of a diet towards a more foods-as-grown, simple diet, plant-based diet, you can actually not only prevent, but you can also reverse most of the type 2 diabetes. I mean, that is true. You can probably take 30 to 40% of the diabetics on insulin, and within weeks you can have these people off insulin, and their disease has regressed. They're in remission. They're functionally no longer diabetics. Mm. The same thing is true for hypertension for people with high blood pressure. They may be taking two, three, four different kinds of medications a day now, and usually it's more and more and more because of all the side effects and so on. But you can take people with high blood pressure, and if they really make some changes that we recommend here, dietary changes and coupled with an exercise program, you know, really cutting back on the consumption of salt and so on, you can actually, again, have a huge, huge opportunity in reversing the high blood pressure problem and to become less dependent and probably freed of these medications. The same thing is true for heart disease. You had uh, Dr. Esselstyn on your program yes, here. Yes, uh, People know that he is a physician, uh, at one time a, a surgeon at the famous Cleveland Clinic. Now he is the man in charge there of the wellness program dealing with preventive cardiology. And he is showing that he can take people that were at the door of dying, yes, yes. the walking dead. Uh, nothing could be done for them anymore. The surgeries had been done. The stents had been done. Nothing could be done for these people anymore. All the medications were given to them. These people in despair come to this physician, and he says, look, I want you to eat a very, very simple diet. That's all I want you to do. Mm-hmm. All I want you to do is it's the food. And then over the next 15, 20 years, you know, just about all of these people are still alive and That's doing right. well. And, of course, he has written his book, Prevent and Reverse 
heart disease, the nutrition that makes a difference. So that's heart disease. And then, of course, uh, we could have many of the people be of these cholesterol-lowering drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're costly. There are some side effects that you have to be concerned about. And why would you want to take these medications every day when you could live a carefree uh, life but just making a few little simple dietary adjustments and your cholesterol would drop 10 15, 20, 25% in weeks. I mean, that's what we're doing, Chip. We have to make an understanding here, Dr. Deal, right at this moment. We have to let our listeners know that modern medicine, as great as it is, as marvelous as it is, as amazing as it is, cannot cure these lifestyle diseases. We cannot find the cure in a pill or a potion or a procedure or a surgery or a bypass or a stent. These things are not cures. Am I on the right track? That is true. Uh, This is very difficult for most people to uh, accept because they have this idea, you know, we're spending more money than anybody in the world. I mean, our country provides twice as much money as the next nation in the world. Mm -hmm. And yet the other nations have better health outcomes than we have because our diseases today are lifestyle related and we don't have a very simple answer that comes out of a box, that comes out of a knife and so on. These are lifestyle diseases that need to be cured with a lifestyle change. Mm. You know, the Affordable Care Act is under a lot of discussion right now, as you know. Uh, I think the intent here has been to incentivize people to become more involved in making lifestyle choices more in harmony with better health and to incentivize these people. If everything goes well, the plan has been that when you come into a CHIP program, when you go into a lifestyle program, when you are as a smoker get into a stop smoking program, you will automatically get, I think they talk about 20 to 25 or 30 percent deduction discount in your insurance premiums for health care. Yeah. So and then they reevaluate that in a year's time and if you have started smoking again, well you have to pay the higher fees again. But if you are continuing not to be a smoker, you're staying an ex smoker, you will have the benefits coming to you. The same thing is true for obesity, for high blood pressure and so on, because governmental agencies You know, you can think about them as you want, but they have acted with great intentionality in Mm -hmm. wanting Mm -hmm. to recognize that our diseases today are largely lifestyle related and therefore we need to incentivize people to make lifestyle changes. And that's what CHIP is all about. That's why people are flocking to CHIP around the nation. That's why they come into groups of 10, 30, 50, 100 people. They say, we want to learn. That's why they watch uh, 30 hours of videos and have discussions of how can we really do this? How can I get my husband to buy into this? How can I get my kids to buy into this? This is what we need to do. The science is there, but how do we really do it? And, you know, that's where Chip then comes in. Oh, that is good news. We have a tool out there available. We have a tool right in your neighborhood, possibly. You can check chiphealth.com to see if a CHIP program is coming into your area that can help you find that cure, a cure that not only helps you now, but helps you years from now, decades from now. CHIP is in the business of making sure that you are well for the rest of your life. And I can't think of a better news than that to share, that CHIP wants you well forever. Good stuff, Dr. Deal. Well, I tell you, it's one of the most enjoyable experiences of my life. Mm. To see that something that we started some 25 years ago now is producing the resonance 
and how's the people turning around? I mean, every day the stories are piling up on our computers. What are people experiencing turning these diseases around? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to pinch myself mm-hmm. that I'm so fortunate that I was involved in something that made a difference in people's lives. But it's not just people's lives. It's also we need to do something for our planet. Yes. We yes. are concerned in the CHIP program about the environmental onslaught. Let me give you some examples. Did you know that it takes only 25 gallons of water to produce one pound of wheat, but it takes 2,500 gallons of water to produce one pound of beef? Oh, my. That's 100 times more water to produce one pound of beef. When you figure out the carcass, when you figure out the animal, what they eat over a period of three, four, five, six years, and when you compare it to the amount of water that is used by a pound of wheat, yes. 25 measly gallons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the next major war, people say, will probably fought in the world over having access to water. That's right. That's right. So water is a very, very big issue. Now, there's another thing that I wanted to mention to you, and... Did you know that it takes 55 square feet of rainforest that you have to mow down to grow the food that it takes to produce one pound of hamburger? Oh, my. Well, you know, now, now that you are in the oh, my state, <laughs> let me keep you there for a minute. You keep me there for years, Dr. Deal. <laughs> no, 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 no. Now, let's just think about uh, topsoil. Yeah. You know, I never thought about that until more recently when I began to understand these reports. Preserving topsoil. You know, every year, five billion tons of topsoil are lost in the United States, largely because of overgrazing. Mm. Overgrazing of livestock. And so when the grass is gone and the wind begins to blow over the prairie, guess what happens? The topsoil is blown away. And so we have to think about that, too. And then think about the, the, the trees. Forests are cleared to raise crops for animal feed. Imagine the whole, I mean, one-third of the Amazon forest, which is the lungs for the planet, mm-hmm. have been taken down for only one reason, to clear land, to raise crops, to feed animals, mm-hmm. so that we can then... Uh, switch from a simple diet towards an animal-based product diet. Well, you know, there are reasons that just pile upon reasons for us to do what is right for ourselves, for the planet, for the animals around us. And this all began many, many, many years ago at creation, and it continues to this day. We need to preserve what God has given us. We need to preserve our bodies, our planet, and our friends, the animals. I don't care why, listener, I don't care why you do what you do. I don't care why you move toward a plant-centered diet. It doesn't really matter to me why, but it certainly matters to me that you do it. And I want you to do that. And Chip is here to help you do that, make that process, to take that journey, to find that ever-increasing health that uh, moving toward that plant-centered diet brings. Charles, yeah. Charles, we have we have a planetary responsibility, yes, right? Yes, I mean, yes. our kids, they may not be here. I mean, I don't want to be an alarmist, but when you think about this, that 85% of the American-grown grain is fed to animals, and here you have world hunger and everything else going on. We need to have more common sense coming back into the equation. We can no longer go on in these unsustainable fashions just to take care of the appetite. We can change the appetite. We can change our taste. It's just a matter of exposure and understanding. Open up your mind and see the world out there. Look at the world. Um, The planet 
is in distress mm -hmm. and we're contributing to it without even realizing it by the way we eat and choose our foods and that's why I said at the beginning of the program it's the food mm -hmm. it's the diet Dr. Hans Deal, founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program, thank you so much for being with us today and, and offering these words of wisdom and motivation. Thank you, Dr. Deal. Thank you. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Hans Deal inviting you to be healthy by choice. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about Healthy by Choice, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651. You can also email us through our website at 3abn.org.